0: Hi, welcome back to Thursday Eye, the Sunday special episode. This is Alex Volkov, and I'm recording this in a gorgeous space in San Francisco, where I was invited to judge a hackathon. And now I'm hanging out with a few friends from Cerebral Valley. So thank you Cerebral Valley folks for letting me use this space for recording and Today we have a special episode for you, as if you hear this on Sunday, today is not a Thursday, we oftentimes have special guests on the pod where conversations are deeper and usually I reserve that slot for a Sunday special release, so this is what you're hearing now. In today's episode we actually have two conversations, although I only planned on one, and the first part is the planned part that you hear from Shuao Mora. He is a director of AI in Clearbit and now acquired by HubSpot. And he is also the creator of Crew AI and the Gentic AI framework that can run by orchestrating yes. the digital AI agents and have them work together. And I think uh, you'll hear from João why this piqued interest uh, for many folks, specifically because as we caught up with João Crew AI was trending on GitHub and getting number two on Product Hunt at the same time. And it's a really cool framework. And I think the underlying power of this is that it can use open source local models. A lot of previous agent attempts use GPT-4, for example, and uh, Crew AI can use things like Mistral or Mixtral running in LM Studio or Olama on your Mac, which I think is super cool. And I think on device AI plus something like this framework is going to be very, very powerful. It was a great conversation with João and surprising to me, the second guest was not planned. However, you may have heard from the previous Thursday I that the bagel series of models from a self-proclaimed AI tinkerer, John Durbin, have taken over the leaderboards on Hug Face, including a bunch of merges. And we haven't done a deep dive into merges and merge kit and Frankenstein models. But if you've been to Thursday for a while, you probably heard about them. Merging is a technique to take a model or different models and without any computation, create bigger or different models using the dissection and some computing process of the layers of those models, just based on weights without any training or continued fine tuning, which is incredibly interesting. And John goes into this a little bit and he created Bagel based on the inference of, well, I'll let you hear this at the end. And it's a very fascinating conversation. I took a lot from it and unfortunately we didn't have time for a long deep dive, but I learned a lot from John and hopefully he'll come for the podcast and we'll be able to deep even dive even deeper and talk with John about how to create sets, why DPO. Is it better than PPO and uh, all of these great things. So we had two great guests and I had a blast having them on the pod and I probably should do more of these deep dives. So please let me know what you think. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter where I sent a summary and in the newsletter, you'll find my trip report quote unquote for the hackathon uh, that was co-sponsored with Together AI and Langchain. And Harrison was there, and I gave a brief talk as well. And so I I added a bunch of pictures. So if you're hearing this in your car, check out the newsletter afterwards on Thursdayi.news. And with that, I give you our first guest, João Mora. Welcome back to Thursday I and we have a, a, a great guest today, Joao Mora from, I want to say Clearbit, bit, I'm not mistaken, or uh, Joao, could you please introduce yourself and what you do, and then we're going to talk about the thing we're here to talk about.
1: A hundred percent. Thank you for having me. First of all, you got my name hard, right, it's hard to pronounce. I go by Joao, make it easier for everyone. I work at Clearbit, yes, but we just got acquired by HubSpot. I'm not sure. I'm João from ClearBend, from HubSpot, and from Crew.AI. Everything at once. Ah, awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome to Thursday. I, I think it's your first time here on stage. and Welcome. We've met in San Francisco at the Olama Open Source event. And I think like Techno was there and some, a bunch of other folks, Olama. And I met you and we had like a brief conversation. And you mentioned Crew AI to me and it sounds like super, super interesting. And then... This week and the previous week, there was like an explosion of interest in Crew AI. So I would love to hear from you how your like last few weeks have been going. Definitely the, the the time that we spent like together since then, a lot of stuff happened to Crew AI. Could you just without saying what Crew AI is? Could you just like recap on your experience for the past two weeks?
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. And first of all, that Oliama event the other day was so good. Had so much, so much fun on it. it was- <laughs> the last couple weeks. Of- have been intense. I gotta tell you, kind of like the thing got like blown up out of proportion. Like, I have a lot of DMs, a lot of messages, a lot of issues, and not that many requests. I wanna say, <laughs> <laughs> but but have been a lot of fun. AI just like seems to have a lot of interest and in, from different people. I think this idea of building like AI agents is something that captivates most of the tinkerers out there. Like how you can automate your life away. And it seems that I have been resonating with a bunch of engineers out there. The last couple of weeks has been very intense in terms of writing code, like at late nights, having like to spare a few hours to answer DMs and help with the Discord community. And actually, I, I actually ended up recruiting my wife to help me with that. So <laughs> if you see Bianca on Discord or over GitHub issues, that's my wife Help me out, Make sure that I get it all covered
0: definitely shout out Bianca thanks for helping and uh as well so now trending on github I think num- number one I think somebody submitted this to product hunt as well
1: that was a thing so I, I have been working on this and like as an engineer working on an open source project you don't you don't think about this project as products necessarily from the get-go but as it starts to get more traction it got the interest of like this one guy that seems to be like a I don't know if it's a big deal or not, but it seems that he hunts a lot of products in product hunt. And for some reason, he got like the the super fun thing is that I have been part of like and I have seen other like product, product hunt launches and I know how much effort goes into preparing those and to be ready for it and have like a, like social media ready to post a lot of content about it. And I had none of that. I woke up in the morning and there was a message from a VC saying like, Hey, congratulations on your launch. And yeah. I was like, what is this guy talking about? I have no clue. <laughs> it was very interesting because I, I opened like product hunts website and I'm searching like, how do I cancel this? Like I, I didn't want to launch this, at least not right now. And on product hunts, like documentation, they mentioned that you have two options either you send them a message like super urgent so that they can pull like the the, the brakes on it or you run with it. you just wrong and with it. And at the end of the day, I was like, I'm just going to run with it. I'm going to see how it goes. And turns out we end up today as number two. And that was that was something else.
0: Yeah, Chris Messina is like the number one hunter. I think he hunted like most of the products on Product Hunt, so shout out Chris. And uh, definitely I saw this and uh, what a surprise to wake up to and then get like the product m- number two. Definitely helped the, the the stats probably. Right, so I think I think with this excitement, let's talk about like why it's so exciting. Could you give us like a brief primer on Crew AI? We've talked about agents before. We obviously talk about like AutoGPT previously and GPT Engineer from, from Anton Musica and like a bunch of other like, very interesting projects. Could you give us the brief primer on like crew AI, what it is? And then we're going to talk about like why you built it and, and the orchestration stuff.
1: A hundred percent. Crew AI is a very thin framework. It's a Python framework. It's in the process of being converted to TypeScript as well, but it's a Python framework that allows you to build a group of AI agents. You can think about it as if it AutoGem and chat had a child. That's the way that I usually describe it. So you're going to have a group of AI agents that are role-playing in order to perform a complex series of tasks. And you can do all sorts of automations on it. And you can plug it to all sorts of different systems out there. I think that's the easiest way to describe it right now.
0: Awesome. And could, could you... You briefly mentioned this, but at least for the GPT, could you talk about like the the inspiration here? What made you start this? As Clearbit was getting acquired, and or, or around this area, at least I think, what made you work on this? There's a bunch of other orchestration platforms out there, the bunch of agents. What made you write your own instead of like taking something off the shelf on open source?
1: So turns out that this is a fun story. There was so you're back into my wife again, always propping me up. I love her; she's so great. She was was telling me, hey, you have been doing all this amazing work at Clearbit. Because at Clearbit, we have been doing work with LLMs for the past one year and at a scale that I believe not many have. And she was like, you should be sharing more about this. Like you're leading these efforts and you're doing all these complex systems at scale. And this could definitely help and benefit other people. So she was telling me that I should do a better job at posting online in things like LinkedIn and Twitter. And Twitter, I, I think like I'm okay with, but LinkedIn was always hard to me. I feel like there is, a, there is a harder threshold, like a higher threshold for how well your idea must be before you post it on LinkedIn. So I was considering like how, how I can do better LinkedIn posting. And because I was so excited about AI agents, I was like, can I build like a couple AI agents that will actually help me out with this? Where I can like shovel in my, like, like my, my draft and rough ideas and it's gonna come up with like some guidance and a better post that I can just edit and post. And it turns out that I could, and that's, that's how I started query AI. I looked into AutoGem, and I was not a huge fan on how they like, one, they didn't have the option to execute tasks sequentially. They also has a lot of ins- assumptions on how this agent should work together. And I think the way that they work together should vary depending on the tasks that you're trying to accomplish. I was not a huge fan of it. Chat Dev on the other side, I saw a lot of like good stuff on it, but it just didn't feel like a, a production system. right? Like it has like a, a game-like UI, something that you would experiment with, but not something that you would deploy in production. So that's that's how I came up with this idea of like, maybe I should do something myself so I can build this LinkedIn automation. And if that works, then I can do other sorts of automations. And that's how I started to create AI. I built five agents from a social network researcher all the way to a chief content officer to help me create great ideas uh, so that I can post them on LinkedIn. And it works great. I went from never posting on LinkedIn to post like three to four times every week. And I love what I post and it seems other people do as well. So from that point on, I decided that I want to create more automations And that's how CREAI came to be. I just abstracted what I learned from that experience into this framework that I could then use to build other sorts of automations and things to come from there.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Incredible story. <laughs> as as a lot of the engineering stories happen, when people create like cool things, laziness is somewhere there. Like I, I want to automate something that I don't want to do, but I definitely need done. I definitely have a bunch of those as well, at least for Thursday. I, the, the, the collection stuff and the other stuff that I would love to just like happen for me. So I definitely want to check out query for that and create like a Thursday collection thing. Could you, could you mention like the, like, like technical challenges here? You did mention that it's based on Langchain, if I'm not mistaken. You mentioned that there's not a lot of like pull requests for people to help out with. Could you talk about like the, the technical challenges you ran into?
1: 100%. Yes. So basically when I start to build this out, I realized pretty quickly that agents are just as useful as, how many tools you can connect them with, and when I was looking online, I realized that both uh, Yama Index and Link Chains already had all these amazing tools that you could you could run with. So I wanted to make sure that I could people could use those tools too and build like crios that use them. Because of that, I took the decision to build AI around Link Chain so that if anyone wants to hook that up with their GitHub or their Gmail, there are already tools that were beat out for that. And they're pretty easy to plug in and just work. And it seems real index tools also work. Uh, I'm putting together some experiments around that to share with more people. But basically, that was some of the initial decision that led to this design. I think some of the technical challenges that came from it is, is just realizing that as people start to creating all these different crews for this different use cases, there's so many edge cases, right? And you know that you can try to like steer LLMs your way, but especially if you're using like open source LLMs and smaller LLMs, they have a harder time just sticking with like a given format or they have a hard time to just like using the right tools. I I started to add a bunch of guardrails in Crew AI that actually makes it like way better than what you would get with any other agent framework out there, where if it's, for example, one of them is if you're running out of iterations, like like your agent is stuck on a cycle or taking too long to come up with an answer, it's going to force it to come up with an answer if it goes over a certain number of iterations that you could define. Another one is if it tries to use the same two in a row, it's going to prevent it to do that and guide there towards moving on. Another one is it has caching. So every two, any agent uses is going to be cached so that if any other agent in the group decides to use the same two, they don't need to actually execute it. So I think a lot of the challenges come from like how I can add all these guard rails to make sure that Independently of what the use case and what the person is building a group of agents for, that's still gonna run smoothly, and that's that's where a lot of the work has been uh, has been put been putting on.
0: So you mentioned uh, local models as well, and obviously, like we mentioned, we met in the Olama event, and Olama is a shout out Olama folks is a CLI to be able to download and run open source models on your hardware, basically. Uh, many of the previous agent attempts, Auto-GPT, like different uh, ones, they use maybe GPT-4 or something. We're getting to the tools and we heard uh, previously in, in, in the space we heard from J- John uh, Durbin, that there are models now that are like better for for specific tasks, like, like uh, function calling as well. Jao, could you speak a little bit about the difference that you see? Could Crew AI work with both, right? Open source and also like API ones. And could you talk about a little the difference that you see between like the open source models as we have them right now versus kind of the the online models and which ones would you prefer for your tasks?
1: turns out that I think that the fact that Crew AI supports local models is some like thing that that make it take off. Because that's something that I wanted from the get go. Like these agents, especially if you're trying to automate complex tasks, they can become rather costly if you wanna run them like 24 seven. But with like the ability to use local models, you can basically just set and forget and they're gonna keep doing work for you. So I wanted to make sure to support local models. Because of that, Crew AI supports like any of the vendors that you're gonna find support in Link Chain. So you can use any of the open source models out there, a Dropic, GPT, you name it. And you can also use Ollama. you can also use LM Studio, whatever is the best way that you have to run your models local locally, you can use that. I specifically, like personally, love Ollama. Ollama is amazing. I love the guys that built it as well, and I think it's so easy to use that I end up using that. And I have been using some of the smaller models. Shout out to Nose Research. I love that Open 2.5 model. It's just amazing and so small. Like I can't believe how good it is. And that's one that I use a lot for like when I'm using local like model agents. Um, I'm using OpenERMS 2.5 just because of how well it works. But I also tried with Mistral. I also tried with Solar. I also tried with Nexus. So many models out there, so good. Um, One thing that I want to call out as well is that these local models, they definitely struggle a little bit more when compared to GPT-4 in terms of sticking with a given format. I'm also collecting all my executions data so that I can fine tune agentic models. Similar to how you have like instruct models and chat models, I wanna make sure that we start to see more agentic models out there. I have seen some closed source ones that are not like you're not able to touch on. So I'm building an open source data set that I can then use to fine tune those models. And then you basically are gonna have these agents run on local models without a glitch. That would be at least the end goal.
0: That's incredible. Incredible specifically because um, we've we've had interviews with a bunch of folks who build agentic stuff. So one one of the more successful episodes of last year for Thursday, I was interviewed interview with Killian Lucas from Open Interpreter. And the open source community here definitely opened the thread with Killian specifically to say, hey, when the users run a bunch of this stuff, we would love to have users opt in maybe for some like uh, telemetry or analytics to be able to build the data sets for the tasks that were completed or not completed. I don't know if you have this plan, but definitely this is a, a, a benefit to the community if you do have a way for folks to like log their, their stuff. I also mentioned that like, I probably should reach out to you separately to see if like these runs for these agents in, in crew could be logged in weights and biases with an integration would be definitely more than happy to like participate and see if we can like look at the execution stuff of your agent on weights and biases as well i think before i let umesh wanted to have like a bunch of questions for you as well he's been running and he he does agents of his own i want to say what's the next plans for crew where are you planning to take this Uh, many of these projects suddenly people ask for a ui because maybe they don't want to do like uh, installing and, and and doing like python stuff so you already mentioned typescript could you give us a little bit of a future sense of like where are you planning to take this 100%, 100%.
1: 100%, 100%. I think what, what we are getting now is a bunch of feature requests from a bunch of different sites. So there is some prioritization going on so that I can figure out what to focus next. One thing that seems to be a no-brainer to me, though, is that we need to have a UI for this. I think this would be pretty cool and unlock a lot of use cases for people out there. I know there are other people that have been building UIs for their, Like there their businesses that are being built around this. I, I just think like an open source version would be better. So I'm definitely already working on the UI for this where you're gonna be able to put your agents together, bring your all your cartoons together, and then you can basically have this agents like run by yourselves. I, I might look into offer an option where you like we can even host it for you, and I'm still figuring out what that would look like. Maybe that's too far ahead. But, but yeah, I think like the UI for it makes a lot of sense. Also, another thing is that it seems a lot of the use cases kind of like go back into very similar tools over and over again. And even though you can hook them up with like link or lemma index tools, those might still require some like configuration. It might not be as straightforward for some people. So we might take an opinionated take on a tools specific repository and package that you can basically use to bring, let's say, let's say they want to create an agent that does reg, you might be able to do that with one line versus having to build like a custom, like two set for that. So that's another thing that we have been looked at as well. I think there's so many use cases. One thing that I'm trying to do more now is just kind of like chat with more people that are using this, especially on the business side of things to understand like what other use cases we could support there. But yeah, a lot of interesting things, cooking.
0: I'm looking forward to hear more about Crew AI and upcoming things. I think Omesh, uh, our co-host here, uh, has been doing agents for a while and uh, has a few questions as well. Umesh, go ahead.
2: Yeah, hey, Joe. Thank you for for coming in. We are almost 80, 80, 90% of our workflow now is agentic workflow. So we are employing the generative AI library of uh, Google for for Gemini and also a lot of work using uh, uh, Autogen. And uh, we got introduced to Crew AI, I think, Four weeks ago uh, through one of my engineers and found it pretty interesting there, there are going to be uh, a lot of pull requests coming in for from us actually because we are thinking about a few things. I just wanted to ask you one particular question about the process part. you have uh, so your current your current library as I understand is is a linear process library and what we have is what we are employing with autogen is is also, a bit of a, a, a graph of actions as well as the DAG approach as well. The DAG approach can be implemented using your process. But do you have a, a a graph of actions workflow in planning or something that is coming up?
1: Yes. So this idea of processes, I want this to be like one of the cornerstones for our career AI. I, my understanding is that a lot, as, as I said earlier, like a lot of the different outcomes that you're going to get, and a lot of the magic happens when you define through what processes these agents are going to work together, right? And there are so many options out there. Like you can have them work like sequentially, you can have them work like in a group, like if they were in a meeting, you can have like a consensus strategy where they can kind of like batch to see who is gonna take on the task and even evaluate the results. So there's just a, a lot of different process that I can implement there. And the idea is to implement all those processes so that people can have some work happen in parallel if they want to or sequentially or whatnot. About a graph-specific API, I, I'm i not sure how much I can tell about it, but we have been talking with Chain folks about it. And there's, there's some things that I have been cooking there.
2: Enough said. Yeah. This la- last question. So currently it is all Python, but most of our implementations now, because of the latency and everything and complexity of the workflows that we are implementing, mostly our applications are enterprise applications. We are employing a lot of Rust to, for, for a compiled workflow. So do you have any plans of porting it to Rust or you're looking for kind of a support in that area or something?
1: Yeah, so we are we are porting it to TypeScript right now. And there's some work being done into build like an API where you might be able to just spin it off as like a service. And you can then like add agents, create agents out to an API. So you don't have to create one yourself. You just need to figure out how you want to host it. I haven't thought about porting into Rust yet, but I would be open to that idea for sure. If I can get enough people to help out, I create a repository and we can get things
0: working for sure.
2: Okay, I'll I'll reach out to you separately. Thanks, Alex, for for allowing me to ask questions. Of course, I have many questions, but I'll reach him out on his Discord.
0: Yeah, th- thank you, Mesh, and uh, Joao. I, I just want to like recap on on the awesome success of of Core AI. Specifically, I I agree with you. I think the fact that like we've had many frameworks like this, we've talked about many frameworks like this the ability to run this completely on your machine the ability to like not pay for somebody else the ability to like use olama i didn't know that you also support lm studio shout out lm studio a friend of the pod hopefully we're, we're gonna get on on the next thursday so i didn't know that i can like open up a, a local model on lm studio and and then the crew would use this api definitely definitely want to play with this now. I want to say, I want to give you a few minutes to just like talk to the community. A lot of things are happening in this world. I find it very interesting where kind of the AI engineers, the, the kind of the, the traditional software engineer background folks, they're building the tools, they're building the rag systems. Let's say they use the LangChain. chain. From the other side, we have a bunch of machine learning folks who are building the models, fine-tuning the models and working on that space and reading the, the papers. And I do see a connection between... And obviously, my role in in weights and biases specifically is to connect these two worlds i I do want to see more people the train models also kind of like think about the agentic behaviors as well We heard uh, John Durbin before talk about like hey there's specific data sets for rag there's specific data sets for uh, execution and function I think Aeroborros has the the dataset has a bunch of like function calling as well. So definitely I want to see a connection here. Joao, please feel free to talk to the community in terms of like what you need to make crew the best crew ever. Where can they find you? What you can get help with? The floor is yours. Feel free to take over and ask everything. Community will provide.
1: 100%. And just to tap into what you said there, I agree. I think like there's something magical that happened like last year with like GPT taking the world by the storm is that... It's like it connected two groups of engineers that in the past didn't talk very much. And that was like AI and ML engineers with regular software engineers. I have managed teams in both areas in the past. And I definitely have seen like that there isn't much interaction there. But right now, it's it's amazing to see all the amazing stuff that have been coming up from like those two groups to interacting more together. It has been a lot of fun. About, about Cree AI. Yes, I would say give me a follow on Twitter or X, I would say now. So give me a follow on X. And I definitely will keep posting and share more about Cree AI and all the things related to LLM's agents and everything else. You can know more about Cree AI by looking into its GitHub. So you can go into my profile slash Crew AI. I probably add the link to my X account as well. From that, if you have follow-up questions or if you want to like see what people have been cooking with it, I would say, join the Discord community. We have around 500 people there and has been growing daily. So if you join that, you might be able to see other use cases and things like that. If you're curious about it, but you're just like, you're, you're not sure what you could build with it. There's a bunch of examples in the readme, and even some videos that I recorded, crews doing like stock analysis or tree planners and all that. There's there's a lot of content there that you can consume You order to get your ideas. And if you do decide to give it a try, don't miss out on the custom GPT. It's also linked in the README, and it can help you write the code. It can help you with ideas for the agents, ideas for the roles or for the tasks or anything around using Crew AI. If you're also curious at contributing to the project, GitHub has a bunch of issues. Um, My wife, again, has been flagging and tagging all of them. So thank you so much.
0: Shout out, Bianca. You can find like all the
1: ones that are tagged with help wanted or the ones that are related with questions and you can help answer them as well. Uh, And we're going to be writing new documentation from the scratch. So uh, this might be a great opportunity to help with like more simpler stuff as well if you're into that.
0: Awesome. And I think I saw something. uh, I I don't know if I have a link to to the generous documentation uh, on the fly from from just the, the, the code itself. And it looks super cool. I'll, I'll try to send this to you. Joao, thank you so much for joining Thursday. I, this is your first time here. Hopefully not the last. Congrats on the success of Crew AI. And it's been great meeting you and then having you on. Definitely thank you for coming. And folks should definitely check out Crew AI. Give Joao a Joao follow. And we will expect more. I can't wait to like run a few crew myself to help me with Thursday AI tasks, especially on local, local models. It was super cool. Thank you for coming, man.
1: I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Catch you folks online.
0: Awesome. And your audio quality was great, by the way. Thanks for testing out your mic. We're moving forward into the top open source on the LLM leaderboard and the the, the creator. So if you guys open the open source LLM leaderboard, which we often talk about, on Hug and Face. We, we've talked about kind of the, the difference between human evaluation and the automatic evaluations that OpenLM leaderboard runs. You will see a bunch of models. The top three ones are from CloudU and they're, they're like, I think, merges of Yi 34 and then the Mixtral 34B as well, but it's not based on Mixtral. And then the rest of the, is like a bunch of John Durbin bagel examples. And so... All of those, there's like six models there that are based basically on the Bagel DPO versions. And I just wanted to shout this out and shout out John Durbin for for working this hard and releasing these models. Let's see if we can hear from the man himself. Hey, John.
3: Hey, how's it going?
0: Good, thanks for joining us. I, I don't remember if you've ever been on stage, so feel free to briefly introduce yourself to the audience who doesn't know you and definitely they should and they should follow you as well.
3: Yeah. I'm a software engineer. I'm an AI tinkerer. I've been doing synthetic stuff since, I guess, maybe April with Aeroboros project. It's been tons of fun. Lately, I've been mostly working on the bagel models. If you're wondering what the bagel name came from, it's from everything, everywhere, all at once. Great movie.
0: I love that movie. Yeah.
3: So that, that's the kind of the premise of the models. like all the prompt formats, all the data sources, all the training techniques. There's Neptune, there's DPO. Yeah. Just fun stuff there. As far as the leaderboard, I, that wasn't really my goal. If you look at the actual like token count per data set, I think the highest amount of tokens is actually probably the Cinematica data set, which is uh, movie scripts converted to roleplay format. So it's, uh, it's interesting that it does so well, but really I was targeting the model for general purpose as a merge base because I know that Merge Kit is so popular now. So I was trying to co- come up with a base model that has like a little bit of everything and every prompt format so that anyone who wants to do this alchemy with merge kit can use the bagel series as a base. Because it should, if you have an alpaca-based model and a vicuña-based model, they're not going to merge very well. It, it'll have weird stray user tokens or whatever. The idea with bagel is going to be a, a good base. I
0: also saw quite a lot of work you're doing on new DPO datasets. Could you talk about those? And then, yeah, I keep
3: cranking out new DPO data sets to enhance the, the stuff that's lacking right now. I think even the e 34b might be a little bit overcooked. I used QLaura for both the supervised fine tuning stage and DPO. And it turns out DPO, you really need to use an incredibly low learning rate. I was even using like maybe 50 X smaller learning rate for the DPO phase than the, than the supervised fine tuning phase. And even then I stopped the run about halfway through and killed it because the eval started spiking all over the place. Yeah, and still still lots of stuff to learn. And I'd love to do a full weight fine tune of the E34B. I'm probably going to work on a solar 10.7B version of it next and maybe a deep seek 67B. I'm curious if the deep seeks deeper network is actually going to improve things in any sort of way, but.
0: Awesome. John, uh, thank you so much for joining and thank you so much for, for Deep Dive. So uh, I have two questions for you real quick. I did not expect you to join, so this is not not, not a full-blown interview, but I'm very happy that, that I have you. Uh, first of all, you mentioned that uh, there's like two versions, DPO and non-DPO of Bagel, and uh, you mentioned the differences between them. You said like DPO version is more factual and truthful, the but not yeah. great for RP. I wasn't sure what RP is. Roleplay? Roleplay, yeah. yeah. And then creative writing. Could, could, you, could you give us like a little bit of a, of a sense of like what's like DPO versus non DPO version, is that just data set based or is there something more going on behind the scenes that like makes the one model behave differently than the other?
3: Yeah. So really all of the bagel series, you basically have two phases of training. There's the super regular supervised fine tuning stage where I just, you can look at the bagel repository. Everything is completely open source and and reproducible, but in the supervised fine tuning phase, it's just a ton of data sets and, and then I take that fine tuned model, fine tuned model, and then I apply DPO direct preference optimization to it. And I have quite a few DPO datasets in there, but really the DPO landscape is sparse right now. You basically have DPO data sets from NVIDIA, the help steer database, which is a human annotated one where they ran a bunch of gen, a bunch of prompts against LLMs and then had humans rank them. Then there's like the LIMSYS 1 million, where you can find the exact same prompt sent to multiple models. And so you can take like the GPT-4 answers, use that as the preferred answer, and then the CUNY-33 or something as the rejected answer, because you're assuming the GPT-4 one is better. Same with, there's ORCA-DPO pairs. I know Argea just did a new release of that, which is better. But we don't have a ton of DPO data sets that are specifically for creative writing tasks and stuff. I made one, which is actually based on the Aeroboros 2.2 compared to the Aeroboros 3 series, where I actually rewrote most of the creative writing prompts with a different prompt and um, some other stuff. I actually used the March version of GPT-4, which is better. Um, So in that case, you get basically like three to four times the number of tokens in the output. So there's that DPO data set, which I make myself in the bagel code, but otherwise there's really no role play focused data in any of the DPO data sets. So what happens is you take that supervised or fine tuned model from the first phase and you apply DPO to it. And it kind of experiences forgetting of what it learned during the fine tuning. Of some of the stuff like creative writing and role play yeah same with code that so if you look at my twitter feed you can see that i've released there's a python dpo data set that'll hopefully fix some of that stuff i just released another contextual question answering dpo data set for better rag performance after the dpo phase i put out just a few minutes ago gutenberg dpo which is basically i parse maybe 14 or 15 books from Project Gutenberg that are public domain into chapters and then create prompts to actually write those chapters. And then I create summaries. So you have like the previous chapter summary inside the prompt. And then I use that to prompt one of the local LLMs. So I used Dolphin, Chat, and Llama213b to get the rejected values. The outputs from these models are fine in some cases, but they're short and they you'll notice with the LLM like most of the LLMs when you write a story it's always a happy ending and it and it ends with like and they've walked into the forest and yeah. lived happily ever after it's it's boring and cliché my hope with the gutenberg stuff is that when you actually prompt it to write a chapter of a book it's going to be from human writing that are popular books they're a little bit old-timey because they have to be to be public domain but yeah. um, Hopefully it will improve the writing and create creativity of the late, whatever bagel models I do in the future with. So I'm trying to kind of improve, improve that, but still a lot of stuff I need to do. I think the the next thing I'll do before I actually make another bagel model is use something like the Goliath 120B to make a role play centric data set for DPO. That way it doesn't completely forget how to do that as
0: well. Awesome. And I'm just looking at the number of data sets that, like you said, everything everywhere all at once. And uh, this is why it's called Bagel, Everything Bagel. It's just like an insane amount of data sets. I'm just going to run real quick. AI 2, Arc, Aeroboros, Belly Belly, Blue Moon. You have Copybar in there, Cinematica, Emo Bank, uh, Gutenberg, LMC's Chat, like, like tons, tons of stuff. It's incredible how well the model performs. John, one thing that I wanted to follow up on before we move on. You mentioned something that's better for RAG as well. You mentioned a DPO data set is better for RAC. Is that the contextual DPO that you released?
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: What, what makes it better for, for RAC purposes? Could you, could you like maybe give two sentences about this?
3: And this is actually something you can reproduce with the Aeroboros tool as well if you wanted to generate your own data. But I have this instructor in there called Counterfactual Contextual. And what that does is it makes a bunch of fake facts. Like it'll say the Battle of Midway happened in the Civil War. Something like that. And it'll put that into context and then ask a question about it. And then it'll have the real version of the fact as well, World War II battle of midway, and then the idea is that you want to train the model to always attend to the context and not try to base the answers on what it knows from the base pre-training. For example, if you're doing, I don't know, like a virtual, have a, a different planet where the sky is purple. And you ask the model, what color is, sky- is the sky based on your lore book or whatever. You want to make sure that the model always obeys your context and, and answers accordingly and not says the sky is blue because I know the sky is blue. So the, the data set that I put in there has a bunch of those kinds of things. You can't just put in the fake facts because then the model will just you know learn to answer incorrectly. So you, for, every, for every fake version of the context, you have to put in a real version of the context as well. The other thing that makes it better for RAG is I actually stuff more than one piece of context into it because like with RAG, the retrieval accuracy is the hardest part. Um, So you want to retrieve more than one document. So suppose you want to retrieve 10 documents. If you want to stuff all 10 of those into a single prompt, and then you want to provide references to the user, you have to know which segment of the prompt it came from. This data set also includes like you can put metadata into the prompt for each section that you retrieve. And then when you ask for references in the output, it'll actually only reference that segment. A bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, I I put in irrelevant context as well to try to confuse the model because retrieval is very noisy. All of that kind of stuff is in there.
0: First of all, I think from the whole community, thank you a lot for everything that you do and your work. And I really appreciate your time here on Thursday. You're more than welcome to always join us. And I didn't expect you to be here when I talked about the stuff that you just released, but it's really, really awesome when people from the community who work on the stuff that they do also come and have a chance to speak about them. So John, you're always welcome on Thursday. I would love to invite you again and talk deeper. And as you release the next stuff that you're working on, I know you're working on a bunch of next stuff, more than welcome to come here and, and, and discuss or even like DM me before so we'll know what to chat about. I will definitely mention the, the DPO datasets in the fine-tuning hackathon that I'm going to this week, and so thank you for that. that. That was why I wanted to do a little bit of a deep dive. And also, I want to shout out you as the, one of the most active users of Weights & Bias. So you posted your like recap that we sent, and you have two reports there, and you're part of like the top 10% of most active users with 2,500 hours trained in 23, and like 900 plus models so that's that's incredible i just wanted to shout this out
3: (laughs) yeah i'm a little addicted
0: yeah it's amazing it's amazing and uh, i appreciate everything that you do and i think the community as well